Welcome back to another episode of Silicon Sasquatch Podcast. I am your host once more for today on what we believe to be episode 40. Pretty sure. My name is Douglas Bonham, editor for SiliconSasquatch.com. With me today are Spencer Tordoff. Hello. Making a return to the podcast. And Nick Cummings. I'm still here. Two of our illustrious editors. Aaron is busy with his uh, schooling and such. Tyler is busy eating lots of meat and drinking beer. But today we've got a great topic for our podcast. If you haven't heard, this past week we're recording on uh, the week of uh, of, uh, March 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, The biggest news from the week in terms of our little corner of the world in gaming is that Oculus Rift, Oculus VR... Uh, has been purchased by Facebook for the tune of about $2 billion in stock and cash. What does this mean? What is it? What's the future for Oculus? And what's been the tale of the reaction so far? Because, boy howdy, there has been a reaction in hardcore gaming circles this week to the news. First off, let's talk about what this means for Oculus. Uh, Spencer, Nick, either you guys want to weigh in on the uh, immediate, like what their future is going to look like now that they've been become part of Mike or uh, part of Zuckerberg's world. It means that you're going to have the fantastic new ability to live the lives of people who are better than you and feel ever the more miserable about your life. I feel like I already get that pretty well with Instagram. <laughs> you don't get that from Facebook. Uh, no, I do. I see, I mean, for, like, full disclosure, I worked at Facebook for almost three years, so, uh, I still have a lot of friends who are there, which, uh, you know, judge that as you will if it colors my perceptions here, but when I see them, like, for example, this week, all getting to play around with Oculus VR dev kits, and being like, whoa, video games are cool again, and I just sit here thinking six months ago, I spent two years trying to convince you guys of this, it hurts a little bit. Also, they have money, and I I don't make money anymore. Well, you know, money. Yeah. yeah, and you turned that down. Oh, that's another topic. He's a man of time. principle. But yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. That actually makes me feel better going into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think Spencer's, you know, there may be some validity to that. Like, obviously, uh, well, Mark Zuckerberg's statement during the acquisition essentially said that, like, they see uh, new means to interaction and, you know, experiencing social content and sharing uh, will be key as the business grows in the long term. Um, right now they're focused on connecting, you know, the developing world and getting them all online, but, um, new, new, new media, new utilities like VR apparently, uh, pose some great ideas for them or got them thinking about what they could do in the future. And, uh, I think for Oculus VR, more than anything, what it means is they got some much needed cash. I think it was about $400 million in cash and yeah. 1.6 billion in stock options. So, Jesus. um, so what that means is right now they have a crap load more money in the bank than they have, I think, even from all their VC uh, fundraising they've done. So I believe the estimates for VC put them about the 100 to $120 million area. Mm-hmm. So, so it's quite a capitalization then if they brought in $2 billion. Yeah. Right. Um, really, we just focus on the $400 million of cash because – and then also um, – I don't know it offhand, but whatever Facebook has in terms of cash coming in, because paper money is, or like, you know, $2 billion on paper is really nice, but it's not cash. 
And right now what Oculus needs is cash to go from the development kits to an eventual like product you can buy from a store. Yeah, right now they're, they want to ship and develop and iterate quickly is my understanding from seeing the CEO, uh, Palmer Lucky, that's his name, right? Yes. Yeah, seeing him talk about what they were trying to do with this acquisition. So my hope is that, you know, those words are true and that they, you know, my suspicion is that it is. They are really focused on just moving quickly in this space since it's about to become a lot more crowded. Uh, mm-hmm. It's no coincidence, I think, that uh, Sony announced and demoed its Project Morpheus at GDC uh, just days before this acquisition uh, yeah. went through. Mm-hmm. And I th- a belief from some people from Giant Bomb, from Tested, from other places I was listening to this week in podcast talking about the reaction. The belief is that the people who controlled Oculus, like the venture capitalists who controlled the the money, controlled the purse strings, saw Sony bring that out and decided that now was the time to cash in. And if anything, it's a the excitement over Sony's product means that there's a market here. Like, it's more than 3D TVs, which were novel. Uh, that's another comparison I've heard this week. Um, this is something that people really want. This is something that, at least, it seems like it could have legs once they get the development going. And it's probably going to take a couple of years to to be, like, making that next boom into being a consumer product. But I think it's something that could become popular. Well, I'd just like to at least provide the um, non-business perspective. The uh... Sure. Kind of the the regular gamer who has demoed an Oculus Rift once. It was on a you know little student game. It was the first version of the dev kit. Nothing super fancy. Um, and I gotta I gotta admit, like I don't like Facebook. I am only on Facebook out of necessity. I was actually tricked into signing up for it initially, and <laughs> I've never really wanted to be there. Uh, the site is the only reason I am. We do a fair amount of planning for the site on Facebook. And so that's the reason I'm there. And I mean, it's just disheartening, right? You know, I, it, it just, there's this really cool, really promising technology and it gets bought by the, you know, the, that asinine website where people post pictures of their infants all damn day. It doesn't make sense. And it, it's a little bit hurtful. To somebody who doesn't like Facebook. Now, again, that's my perspective. Some people share it. It's not universal. Well, it seems like this week on Twitter or other places was a lot of people in the video games or who are interested in video games just tripping over themselves to make the first, like, oh, VR Farmville or any sort of other wise cracks that they could about this. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, anytime news like this breaks, that's it's a gold rush for who can get the most retweeted snarky comments. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely that. But like that was the du jour was just like, oh, I'm gonna get to see VR, you know, my friends' kids, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Just VR poking, like lawnmower man, but poking. Like, oh, where are they gonna put the like button on the on the face? You know, the VR headset. Like, it's just just hammer blows of just bad Facebook jokes, one atop the other. I mean, I, I do see a lot of that, but like, I also saw a lot of disinformation spreading quickly. And, you know, I'm not, obviously, I'm not a Facebook mouthpiece. Even if I still worked there, I, I wouldn't act as that. But there were, you know, rumors spreading that you need to have a Facebook account and be able to log in to use your Oculus dev kit, oh, that you only be able to publish to Facebook's open graph platform, which, holy shit, that'd be terrible because it's, <laughs> I don't know if you played a game on Facebook ever, but it's, it's uh, pretty awful. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I, I mean, fortunately, it seems like none of that is the case. And much like Instagram, they are going to let it operate autonomously, as they've said. Yeah. Uh, which is, it, it's good. And that's the, the one kind of comfort I take from the whole thing, is that as much as I dislike Facebook, and I do dislike Facebook, uh, the, the scariest thing, you know, the scariest possibility is the one they're not guilty of, ever. When Facebook buys something... It's just because Zuckerberg wants to own it. It's yeah. rarely because they're trying to shoehorn people onto their platform. They don't feel the need to do that. And, like, compare that to, to Google, which I will say, like, the reason I'm on Google is because I was already on Google. And it's just kind of expanded and it's added features, and that's great for me. But, you know, to have the whole YouTube community freak the fuck out because, <laughs> oh, shit, suddenly we've got to sign up for an account. Like, oh yeah, that's that's not how, like, I don't approve of that. I don't like that. That, uh, yeah. you know, people are, they're using a platform or they're using a, an acquisition to shoehorn people onto their platform. Um, it's true of Microsoft. It's true of um, anything Apple has ever touched. Apple. Yeah. yeah. And Facebook does not do that. Yeah. So there is at least that small comfort to be taken. As much as I dislike Facebook, I do actually believe they will let it run up autonomously until leadership changes there in such a way that they decide to monetize harder off of it my hope is that that day won't come anytime soon everything I've... i don't think it will not yeah. soon but i mean i'm thinking like i don't know 10 20 years down the line 10 20 years down the line is too hard to call but zuckerberg's got facebook structured in such a way business-wise that he still controls the vast majority of that business and i yeah. don't think he's the type of guy who's gonna get bored with this and go someplace else his attention might go someplace else, but he'll still probably control it. I, I mean, yeah, echoing what Doug said, I've, I've, he used to do, um, he still does, but uh, weekly Q&As for the company where he'd take any question and answer it uh, for an hour. And I remember one time someone asked him, like, uh, if he could do anything else other than Facebook with his life, what would he want to do? And he just sort of, like, stared blankly for a second and was like, I'm never going to stumble across anything as, like, awesome and important as what I'm doing at Facebook. And... I think he's very much tailored the company to, to be the one where like he's going to be there. He's going to be the figurehead, the face of it, the person in charge for life. And, you know, things can always change. There could be like, you know, slow changes to the culture or like board members swapping in and out and like resting control over time. These things happen at corporations, especially as they grow. I'm thinking of Apple as an example of that back in the, the 90s. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 80s, 90s. Zuck is a much less divisive character than Steve Jobs ever was, though, and a much less... He doesn't like to provoke people, I think. He doesn't, he's not really, like, he has very few of the terrible qualities that Steve Jobs had. Fair enough. But, you know, nobody's perfect, so yeah. it's, it's anyone's guess. But I think for the, the near future, basically, as far as Oculus is going to be focused exclusively on gaming, I think that Facebook is going to be a very steady ship for them. Yeah, and it, it's this, this purchase is kind of weird because it does seem like it's Zuckerberg is, like, nerding out about Oculus, so he wants to buy it when he's got the opportunity Instagram hasn't really changed in terrible ways. It's grown. It's made some shifts, but it hasn't. And unfortunately, they backed down on their terms of service stuff a year or two ago. But it hasn't really made a big change in the ways that some things purchased by other companies have since it's been under Facebook. And WhatsApp is just this natural choice by Facebook in terms of like, it's a messaging service. We want to add messaging services like that makes sense. And neither has really changed. Whereas, like, this... let's To be fair, WhatsApp was just acquired. But yeah, you're right about Instagram. Right. It's a little it's a little early for that. But I guess Instagram is the only big 
comparison they can make and that really hasn't become like it hasn't changed in ways that are attributed to being under somebody else's banner versus like a natural growth or natural development that it would have had otherwise right i mean i had a friend basically say to me uh and this was i feel speculation might have been you know from an article or something but basically facebook just wants to own social they don't necessarily want to be social like the end-all be-all they would just like to own the platforms in question right so again that kind of fits to that uh you know not really doing anything once they purchase something and that again like as somebody who's actually disheartened by this news that is the one thing that i'm okay with is that it's probably not going to change oculus a whole lot and for me i also take some heart like I, i have in fairness i've been more of a console gamer i've never actually been able to use an oculus since i've been in japan ever since the Kickstarter happened and all their push happened. But this, looking at it, like, it could be really cool. And it could fuel this VR interest. And if that turns out to be cool, then that's good, because they have a good position in it. They seem to be neutral going to PC and being on a PC platform. And that's very, very good. Like, they could be a very interesting company to grow. Look at who else, like, they seem to be at the point where they needed to be purchased. And this is getting into an area of talking about this news where we talk about some people getting very upset but needing to realize the reality of technology and business where we are in the year 2014. They got purchased by Facebook. Let's look at some of the other companies that could have purchased Oculus or been in the position to add them into their fold. Google already has some technology like this, but also Google is very, very guilty of buying stuff getting bored with it or finding it hitting a natural end and just tossing it aside like motorola Ooh, yes sorry too soon yeah whoa they tossed that shit hard (laughs) i was gonna say they already have google glass that's being developed so it's not exactly an overlap but look at a lot of the technology that they've developed in terms of software that has ended up in the graveyard i still miss wave they've got a lot of dead bodies out there yeah it's a sign of strength, I think, when a company is willing to kill its babies to focus on the stuff that they see potential in. That's true, but it means that there's a potential noose hanging around just about everything that isn't Gmail. Yeah, and that's actually probably pretty bad for Google company culture. I think it. Is, I think it's interesting that they're able to develop stuff and just be able to toss it away. But it means, in terms of if you're interested in Oculus continuing, that there's always this sword hanging over their head. Yeah, right. Now, who else could have bought them? Apple. Apple has a shitload of money. And at that point, uh, you know, if Apple buys them, goodbye any gaming platform that isn't Apple. Like, that, that is straight yeah. up how it would go down. No, you're what right. What Apple does is they take the technology that's being developed and they repackage it either into an Apple product or into Apple products where it makes sense. So maybe they develop a, a headset. It's not going to be called Oculus. It's not going to be called the Rift. Nothing is going to be continuing from what Oculus currently has now. Maybe some people, but certainly not the name or any sort of legacy. So I think, yeah, Apple's not likely. Google, for the reasons you stated, is unlikely as well. Um, Although, interestingly enough, I I tried out Google Glass for the very first time the same day I tried Oculus Rift for the first time when I was at GDC. And uh, it's, it's very interesting to see how there are two very different approaches to the same kind of philosophical idea of like laying on a different layer over reality anyway point being um 
I guess that really just kind of leaves Microsoft and Valve. And Valve has already announced that they don't want to buy Oculus. They want to support it. Right. They're they're working on their own tech. They were, but they scrapped it, right? No, I've heard they're still working on it. I Granted, I could have outdated information, but I heard... Uh, I forget who. I think maybe it was... Um, Maybe it was Notch. You can get into Notch mm-hmm. later if we want. But yeah. I think he said, you know, I just got to check out some some stuff at Valve HQ, and it's really cool. You know, what's coming next is going to be really yeah, cool. Yeah, they have, like, their augmented reality room. Uh, they had that at Steam Dev Days as well like, yeah. as a demo. Yeah. Uh, they've announced, though, I think, like, their head of VR left to go join Oculus. And I think Gabe Newell recently stated that they're throwing their full weight in supporting Oculus to be the best VR product like headset as it can be okay i think they're still going to work on like making you know for example there's a steam big picture mode that works with oculus that they built out they're probably going to keep supporting vr with their games and their products and trying to make it you know deeply ingrained in steam which is smart but i don't think they're going to be leading the hardware front on that yeah and i still like we've talked about this before but i still don't think steam wants to get into that hardware platform owning game quite yet if at all except with controllers which is still kind of weird but controllers controllers... and well os is i guess software so the whole steam box thing is software um the the another thing that concerns me uh anyway at least with um ownership and thankfully this is again something that i suspect facebook less of Mm -hmm. uh is the potential that you know consider in some alternate reality uh that you know, Zuckerberg decides that he he wants to own Steam. Well, then you know he can basically try to wrest uh, you know Oculus away from Steam support and try to you know bind it to certain platforms that that he would want uh, rather than letting it work on Steam. And I don't think that's likely, but it is a possibility, and it makes me uncomfortable. So I guess my question would be like, what's the precedent for Facebook? Closing off its platforms. I like I said, there's no, there's no, fit, there's not really a precedent for that. I do not think there's a precedent for it. I don't think it's likely. Like I said, it just concerns me that there's that possibility. I mean, yeah, there is that possibility. Uh, Isn't there that possibility with in, in much stronger form with anybody? I mean, honestly, it's. I was gonna say. I mean, that yeah. re- relative to any other, uh, any other company, like Microsoft would close it off almost immediately. We already know Apple would gut it. Um, yeah, like there's, there's really no good option. Uh, Facebook is maybe the least evil. That's my, that's my opinion after thinking about it. Um, and I just, just to offer a quick counterpoint, like, again, I don't speak for Facebook. I do overall view it in a positive light, but that's based largely not on my time using it beforehand, but based on having met all kinds of people and worked with them for years and seen that in my opinion, the executives and Mark in particular practice what they preach. Like he really believes in, you know, trying to accomplish something meaningful for society. Whether or not he's actually doing that with Facebook is certainly up for debate. It's a nice target. But he at least he drinks the Kool Aid he's serving. Yeah, no, he's he's going down with the ship if it goes down, no question. But the point is like what what I'm what I think is is most promising to me is just having seen other acquisitions like Instagram, which like 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 we said, the only big change there, which nobody mentioned, which I thought was interesting, was Instagram now has ads, and a lot of the backend stuff like support has gotten a lot better thanks to it. You know that now a lot of that feeds into um, Facebook's existing user support infrastructure, uh, which was a joy to incorporate. Let me tell you, but mm. um, but Facebook has never been about closing doors in my 
from my point of view, in terms of like, if they, they want people hooking into their network more and more in more intuitive ways. And there's been successes and failures in that with that. Like, I'm sure you all remember Beacon and what a PR nightmare that was for good reason. Which one was Beacon again? Beacon was basically Open Graph before they announced Open Graph. Um, basically, if you're logged into Facebook, then that cookie's on your computer and you go to another website, it's tailored to your Facebook account. Oh, yeah. And people started thinking that Facebook was reading its their minds and started wearing tinfoil hats, which, granted, Facebook did a piss-poor job of actually like addressing this up front before they launched it. Right. Um, but that's just... It's, it was a small company back then, even if it had a big user base. Right. And in, in fairness to them, uh, you know, Google has pretty much started doing that, and I find it insanely convenient, but I'm already, you know, I'm drinking their Kool-Aid, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that we've, we've all had years to percolate on that idea of our information doesn't just exist on our computer in our session. It's, like, yeah. persistent. Yeah. I, I kind of love that, you know, if I, uh, if I throw an event onto my calendar, mm-hmm. then I start getting notifications on my phone or actually even if i search for something it'll be like hey you checked out this website here's an update to this website and in a lot of cases that's useful to me so it's really cool like i just i'm going to a meetup tomorrow and when i brought up a map today it showed my location i'm going to as long as well as like a date and time to go there and i was like that's not what i was looking for but that's really crazy yeah yeah so definitely so that's pretty nice but uh but yeah i mean again i can't it's it's just that Facebook annoys me is what it comes down to as far as that's concerned. <laughs> like that is my entire objection is that Facebook annoys me and that's not even like Facebook itself so much as what it enables, which is oversharing and people bragging about their humble bragging about their perfect lives. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, those are the people I defriend. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 also a very good thing to talk about is like this is Facebook in terms of things like that is we need to readjust and recalibrate now that we've spent about five or ten years with Facebook in our lives and adjust what that means to our lives. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in in my case, I mean, I'm not even I'm not even like straightforward enough to unfriend most people. I just like I just unfollow them until they inevitably un- defriend me for being a ridiculous asshole all the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, ultimately. Isn't that what, like, a lo- so there's a lot of backlash this week from a I, lot of people. Part of it was because they didn't want to see Oculus go to a big corporation, but also part yeah. of it was that that corporation was Facebook, and Facebook is icky. What does icky mean? <laughs> what does icky mean? I mean, that varies per person. Yeah. That really That's does. That's the question, like, icky, icky to me is that uh, Facebook is constantly asking me, hey, where's this job you worked at? And like, I haven't even put in a real name for the job because I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm not telling you where I worked. And it's like, well, was it in Redmond? I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you. So I mean, that, that bugs me. And then, you know, the platform itself bugs me. But uh, so is, is just to use that example, because I'm curious, uh-huh. is it what is it? What bugs you? Is it that they're trying to get you to fill out your profile or the way they're using information they currently have and prompting you to just it's do it already. Like, a little of each, I guess. Like, uh, okay. I don't really want to fill out a full profile. And, like, I made some concessions to make it leave me alone, and it just keeps harassing me. Uh, granted, every social network is guilty of that. Like, um, I know G Plus really wants me to fill that out, and I'm like, nah, whatever. Um, I know that, like, I don't even really... I, I think I signed up for LinkedIn once to track down an <laughs> old friend, and it's like... 
hey, so do you know these people? I'm like, fuck you. Go, you know, go straight to hell and die. If we're talking about, <laughs> if we're just talking about which is the most annoying, then then fucking oh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, takes the cake. LinkedIn is yeah. the most annoying social network. I'm Absolutely. very close to deactivating mine, except for the fact that I think it would look stranger to people looking for well I'm, I'm in japan why the hell would i care never i'm having like God, a I, mental I like japan isn't on the internet <laughs> japan's jobs aren't on the internet that's for damn sure there you go like <sighs> japan doesn't support javascript yet as far as i understand <laughs> japan damn. still supports fax machines let me tell you oh god that's that's that real pro shit yeah <laughs> paper records oh you infallible yeah um, but that just we can't even describe or can't even really nail down the big problem that a lot of people have with Facebook. Well, okay, we can nail it down. Like it wants to ask your information and have all your information and then quite possibly turn around and sell that to people to advertise. Like that's the big issue that a lot of people have with Facebook and that their big issue with Oculus being sold to Facebook is Facebook. Can I just step in real fast here? Because I want to dispel, not for you guys, but for any listeners. Sure. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't sell your information to advertisers. The advertisers do not see your information. They do not have any idea who you are. They don't aggregate the information. So it's basically they are given access to algorithms that processes that information, but they never have it directly. Is they that are, accurate to say? What they do is they say, I want to sell an ad to people of these genders within these age ranges in these locations with these interests or who have friends who have these interests, that kind of stuff. It's the same as page ad targeting. But they never see those specifics. Yeah, and you never see who gets those ads. You can't see the individual people who respond to them. Right. You get, you know, info on like total click through rate and all that stuff and how many people clicked, uniques, all that kind of stuff. But advertisers, nobody can see your data on Facebook except you and Facebook's back end algorithms. So just wanted to clear that up because I think that that's one of the biggest sources of consternation I've seen, and it's it's just patently not true. Right, and I mean that was like if you'll recall back in two thousand three, that was people like lose people lost their shit over Gmail, yeah, because they said, oh my god, this algorithm's looking at my email, and eventually everyone just got okay with it. It's just um, I don't know. I feel like by default anyway, before the rise of Google Plus and everything, you didn't give as much information to your Gmail as Facebook asks you to volunteer. Right. Totally true. So that's why people are more concerned about it. I think yeah. it, I think it boils down to a basic like fear of the unknown or vulnerability mm-hmm. until it's proven to be benign. Right. Yeah. And you know whether that's oh, And I mean even now it, in the in the current like security debate like oh. it's still kind of you know we're not sure if it's benign at this point but it it's more benign than we thought it was, at least outside of, you know, state control, I guess. I, I the, the, the <laughs> issue with that is that it's completely unconstitutional versus a private group that you're you are selecting to join. You're selecting yeah. to join and you accepted a user agreement whether or not you read it. Right. Yeah. Versus the government taking all of the information that they are not supposed to take. Right. Exactly. That is a different argument. That is entirely. a pretty much a pretty much different. Yeah. But it's it's you know is the vulnerability is like is gmail or is google going to do anything with this oh it's just giving me these advertisements at the top of the page whatever mm-hmm. is facebook going to do anything with this oh it's just the advertisements on the side whatever and that's also the vulnerability of what's what's facebook going to do with this company what are they going to do with this well only thing we can point to is instagram and that's been pretty good so far yeah 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just vulnerability is what it really comes back to, I think. All your stupid fucking filters are still there. Knock yourselves out. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Narcissists. Whereas, like, we talked about all the other all the other people. Like, Amazon's getting into gaming stuff. We don't know what they're going to do because they don't have a track record. Microsoft has a really bad track record. Was it Tested's podcast joked about how they wouldn't buy Oculus because they already have four different groups and rooms next to each other trying to build the best one and fuck the other group three over. And they know that the other three are going to get fired. Yep. yep. Well, also, anyone on the team who gets bottom out. The yeah. bottom quarter, yeah. Fucking Microsoft. Anyway. Microsoft is a really toxic place. So that's not a good place for this to go either. And it, hey, if you're listening to this and you're still kind of on the fence about Oculus, what we're trying to say is that maybe this isn't the worst thing that could have happened to Oculus. I would like to at least pre- express a brief lament. And, Doug, you can correct the shit out of me once I'm done. Okay. I miss... like. I feel like, you know, a lot of people feel betrayed because they were supporting Oculus. They weren't thinking, oh, well, you know, this is this is a thing that we can sell. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that's the nature of modern business, but I've never lived in a time where the point of building a company was not to sell it. But I still lament that that is the purpose of them now. Like, in in my heart of hearts, I do believe in capitalism. Now, whether or not I could call what we live under capitalism, that's up for debate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it used to be you would build a company and you would try to keep that company going for as many years as possible and you'd try to produce something. you try to build something. And, of course, now we live in the era of, you know, I don't know, financial outfits that basically all they do is shuffle numbers all day and they have multi-billion dollar profits. And mm-hmm. uh, companies like the – you don't try to be the next Google. You try to get bought by Google. That's the thing. And, and that's I, apparently true of Oculus and everything. I just – I just wish it wasn't the case. Let me guide you, Spencer, as an avatar for our listeners who might not understand everything about this. Like, let's walk backwards through this. Okay. You have a company, Oculus. Their goal is to sell a cool product to people. And if they make a little money, whatever. You're selling a product, you want to get paid for it. That that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Of course. How, how do you begin to develop this product? Well, the Kickstarter option meant that they could have a better, like, tool to take to people and say we want to make this help us make this they went from having like the really scrapped together version to a nice version the first dev kit yeah and that was where they got the first two and a half million or so from kickstarter that helped them get that together that was really cool but now they're also the problem is scale they want to make this better and faster and a better product but to do that takes a lot more money because improving this improving the engineering of this takes a lot more money and then getting it manufactured to the point where you can sell a million units takes a lot way too I much mean, you've got to have supply chain and to know that there's a failure rate under x percent exactly so it just takes a lot of engineering work takes a lot of software work it takes having the right connections to manufacturing and it, money talks bullshit walks and unless if you have the money to do that you have you, you can't do it so it unfortunately it means oculus goes to get venture capital funding to take their the amount of money they need to do this from the two and a half or so from kickstarter up to 100 million 120 million from venture capital guys and the problem is that at that point when you bring in money you lose control that's what they lost maybe they didn't want maybe the guys who are at oculus didn't want to sell out right now Unfortunately, right now, I don't know the internal politics. None of us know the internal politics, but it sounds like 
the venture capital people wanted to get their return. And it's it sounds like this deal with Facebook came together really fast. Yeah. Deals don't happen fast unless if there's motivation. Right. And I don't think it was from Zuckerberg because Oculus has been here for a couple years. And if he wanted it, he would have bought it earlier. Right. So that means yeah. that that leads me to think it was a seller's market and that these venture capital guys wanted to sell out. If you want to be upset at any part of the capitalist machine right now, it's the venture capital model. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that that's the only way anything can happen right now. I I totally agree with what Doug is saying. Um, I think that there are two two things to blame. And they kind of tie back to Spencer's um, belief, which I think is actually, I largely agree with and bemoan, which is that companies are built to be sold these days. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let, let me take a step back. So there are two... Two groups of people, I think, who deserve to feel a little bit frustrated by how everything played out. The first is, and only to a small degree, are the people who backed the Kickstarter at a very low cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying low cost because I think if you dumped like Notch did, we mentioned this earlier, creator of Minecraft, $10,000 into the Kickstarter, um, that's a lot. Kickstarter is effectively, you're... you're you're giving people free money because you believe in an idea. Right. Granted, they are, they are they are culpable for returning on that for whatever they promise you at whatever threshold you give at. Yes. Um, it's not an investment, and it says that quite a bit on Kickstarter's page. Mm-hmm, this is not mm-hmm. an investment tool. Yes. That's why you're a backer, which is kind of an, a loose term still, but and not an investor. Because you do not get a return on what you kick in. You mm-hmm. might get a little a cool t-shirt or a tour of their studios like Notch did, but it's not an investment. No. And um, so I think that people and this the Kickstarter happened I think back in 2012, right? It was the early days of Kickstarter, effectively uh, back around the time of Double Fine Adventure, back when Kickstarter was a pretty new thing in the gaming scene at least, and people were kind of like starry eyed at, oh my God, Wasteland Two could happen. And this Double Fine Adventure game. And, like, I, I think we all kind of bought into, like, this is really cool. And to be fair... It was a bit idealistic is the problem. Well... That's exactly it. I Honestly, I don't think that idealism is misplaced. I think that Kickstarter is still something really cool. It, it enables ideas to come to life that may not have been able to under the old model. The problem is we still exist under the old model. And it's mm-hmm. easy for the idealistic yep. approach to be preyed upon by the capitalist. Exactly. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily preying. I think this is, it's just, it's just playing the game. It's just, this is how you scale up. I, I suppose preying does su- suggest some type of intellect. Ultimately, capitalism is... It's kind of like being mad at a hurricane. Like it's yeah. it is driven by the constant desire for profit and that I mean that's why I draw, draw a distinction, you know. It mm-hmm. used to be that you compete with other entities. Now it's just how many how big can you get your numbers? It's World of Warcraft except in real life. Yeah. And kind of except nobody wastes their time. Oh wait, yes, we all do. Yes, there we do. you go. But I think I, I think that the the biggest frustration here is that a lot of us don't have a lot of money to kick around. Like, I certainly, you know, when Kickstarter launched and I backed Double Fine Adventure, I think I had, like, honestly, three figures in my bank account. Like, I was pretty fucking broke at the time. But the opportunity to pitch in 15 bucks to support one of my favorite studios to make a game I knew I would love, that was worth it to me. And I knew it wasn't a true investment. Like, I wasn't going to get a return. It's not like I had a stock or a bond. It still just felt good. It was like good karma kicking it forward to make something cool happen. I think we all think that's a good thing in general, that notion. Yes. The problem is that 
and you know you can make it I, i'm just gonna throw this out there but like our generation uh you know compared to most generations is not doing so well at this point in our lives compared nope. to previous generations most of us don't have savings most of us can't afford to you know take out a loan for a house most of us don't have the credit rating to do so and most of us will probably end up renting for either the next 20 years or the rest of our lives and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different field. And I think Chris Plant or uh, one of the people at Polygon tweeted that like this whole scenario played out in, as a stark reminder that people in their 20s and 30s can afford to pitch in, you know, 30 bucks or $300 in this case for an Oculus dev kit, but can't afford to make a real investment in a company. Yes. I was going to bring that quote up. That is a very true thing. Yeah. Guys, don't be upset at the fact that Oculus got sold. This is what happens when you try and take a business from something really small when you're manufacturing. This is what happens when you take a manufacturing business from small to try and make it a real consumer product. And and as we've talked about, this is the like the most benign way they can get that ramp up to that. You can see Oculus in stores because as nice as the ideal of Kickstarter is, it's a kickstart. This got these guys on their way to being bought by a big company. This got this product on its way to being found in stores. This would not have happened without the kickstart, but it also would not happen in the future without more capital, without more money behind the product. So basically what I'm getting out of this is the message to take away is don't be don't be mad or sad about uh, about Oculus being purchased by Facebook. Be mad or sad about literally everything else, or well, to be more specific, about the circumstances that produced it. It's it's not. I, I think well, not even the a, circumstances, the state of our system that required right. it. Yep. For for producing stuff, it's just so expensive to make yeah. something is really expensive on a big scale, and it wasn't that case in the sixties and seventies necessarily. Software is where you can actually ramp up with a small team and keep doing it. That's one thing. But to make something is expensive. And like you said, like we have the money to put down 300 bucks for a Kickstarter, but not to actually buy stock and invest in a company. And why is that? Because we haven't had any real income gains versus the cost of living yeah. since the mm. 1970s. Yep. And Remember really, Occupy? Well, Occupy top 1%? Like yeah. this is what we're talking about, people. And you know... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out the internet here and make that the bad guy. Because it's not, but the most transformative thing I think it's done across all industries, but especially in tech and, you know, popular goods and culture, is that tech, you know, the internet has basically, it's a it's an instant pathway between point to point. Yes. And what that means is that middlemen become increasingly irrelevant over time as software and information, you know, there's probably a law for this, but tend to incline towards being open over time. Mm-hmm. Every, everything trends toward open, everything trends toward direct. And what that means is that you end up with like two extremes. You have a very large user base on one side and a very large content provider base on the other side, not a whole lot of middlemen, which is why you see like Google becoming this massive giant of a company, Apple, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, et cetera. And um, so things have become very skewed and I think that, you know, what Spencer said about companies being created solely for the pur purpose of eventually being sold off to a bigger company like a, like a Google or a Facebook, I think that that is largely true these days, but it shouldn't be that way because I think that's actually, and again, I'm no economist, Doug is probably better qualified to speak here, but like 
that's that to me is like a, a very good sign of like trouble on the horizon if you're creating a company for the sole purpose of selling it in two to three years to recoup like 10 million dollars and go be rich and drink a lot of bourbon like hats off to you but that's no. not sustainable and i think that there still is value in creating a company that is built to te- stand the test of time that's built to expand and provide value and service to people over the long term and that's the kind of company facebook is whether or not it delivers that value to people i don't know but that's that's its mission that's what it's built on the idea that some of the best and brightest in our in our generation and in our country are going to stanford to get noticed by venture capital people is abhorrent and makes me sick that is not the growth chart that we should be talking about when you talk about growth of a business it's going from oh let's just say starting a grocery store in one town to having it be in multiple towns to eventually making it a national chain. That is, that is a, those are points where eventually you have that cash out point. And if it's when it becomes so big that you can't handle a local thing to national, that's fine because you've established what your company is, how they do business and how then that will continue to grow. That's a legacy. That's like raising children. At a certain point, they go off on their own, but they continue and they contain all the morals and the lessons that you've taught them. That's different from that whole, I'm going to go get noticed at Stanford and make my project, yada, yada sort of thing. And it's also not what we're talking about with Oculus. There's still going to be the same people working there. John Carmack is going to be an employee of Facebook as that silly as that That is kind of hilarious on its own, in its own way. But Facebook, as we've talked about today... Do they shell out the company and bring those people into another project? Not really. Do they? We don't, we don't have the evidence to... for that anyway. It could still happen. It's just they seem the least likely of the potential buyers. I I for feel that like happen. if that had happened with Instagram, we would have heard about it. Right. Exactly. And it ha- it hasn't to this point. Do they strip things out and then repackage it into their own brands? Not. They haven't done that with Instagram, and it's it hasn't been their modus operandi with other stuff as well. So it it's still going to be Oculus, and they're still probably going to put a product out there. It's just who eventually owns them on paper. And I think to to wrap this all up nicely, since we're hitting a nice point to, to finish up, like this is a hard lesson for some people in terms of what capitalism is in 2014. But it looked like the people who controlled Oculus wanted to sell and of all the opportunities and all the options out there, this is probably the one that's going to see Oculus continue in its current form with the money to make it a big product. And the, the comparison of this, the group of your friends who become a band and get popular locally, but then get that contract nationally, like, this is the best national contract Oculus could have got. I, uh... I don't know. I was going to get a little more like overall where, you know, Nick was talking about this being a bad uh, state of affairs and everything. But I feel like I just, I, the only thing I can put here is please tell your friends about this website. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. There's a lot of really disgusting stuff out there in business. But this, I don't think, is one of the more disgusting ones. The only thing you can say is disgusting is the way that venture capitalists like cashed it out. But but it's at least way... they managed to do it without hollowing it out, which is what ca- venture capitalists do in so many cases. Yes, they just yeah. they did, they gut a business and then sell it, and they didn't like that. That didn't happen in this case. It's still the same team. Yes. Yeah. And I th- yeah yeah, it's reassuring. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know 
play the optimist here and say that I think that Facebook is the absolute best home for a company that got started to create virtual reality 3D gaming experiences because that is not Facebook's forte in it's any way whatsoever. It's a strange fit. It's a really kind it of is strange a very strange fit. fit. It's kind of weird, but that being said, like if from what I understand of Oculus mission and what, you know, the founders set out to do, it, it's kind of a natural fit if you look at VR as a medium or like a, a conduit and less of like a gaming accessory. Mm-hmm. If you look at it as like in 20 or 30 years, what is this stuff going to be capable of? How lightweight will it be? And vis-a-vis like the quality and depth and, you know, uniqueness of experience it provides. Like there's going to be some huge progress if there's money thrown behind this. Look at what happened with phones in 10 years. Right. And that's the comparison that Zuckerberg drew in the article that he posted about the purchase. Yeah. I, I'll take it like even a, a bigger step back. Like, consider film. Initially, film was seen as the natural application of like basically distribution of theater. And it became its own medium as it matured. VR has that potential. Where right now, gaming is the most logical application. It's the closest to the existing medium. But it could be something more. And having that level of support raises that possibility. Yeah. And like I said, what this really boils down to is this gives Oculus the tools and the money and the, the backing to make it as good as it could be. Because at the end of the day, I think people would rather see these this team create something really cool than to see them stay indie and not have the tools to make it better. Honestly, I did not think I would come out of this uh, defending Facebook, but yeah, like <laughs> this is this is not as bad as it could have been, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. like all the other examples that we pulled, I would have been like, I don't know, weeping almost if uh, if like Microsoft or Apple had bought it. But no, this is this is not as bad as it could be. And yet somehow it's Facebook that comes out looking really good by comparison. Right. It's it still has its negative points, of course, but it's this is the best stewardship that they could have. Seen. I will still continue to unfollow and click. I don't want to see this, which it was nice of them to provide those options. But <laughs> nevertheless, yeah, that is healthy, dude. Unfollow like with with abandon mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. And on that Spencer defending Facebook bombshell, let's end today's <laughs> podcast. Thank you once again for listening to the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. My name is Doug Bonham. I am an editor at Silicon Sasquatch. You can find my writing occasionally there. I'm on Facebook at Douglas Bonham. Nick, where can we find you? Uh, I'm also on Facebook, unsurprisingly. Uh, Just you can find me pretty easily. Just type in my name. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Nick Cummings and I am almost done with Dark Souls and streaming almost every day at twitch.tv slash ymog if you want to see me suffer. Spencer, what have you been up to? Oh, darn. I was so hoping you you were going to say, where can we find you? Where can we find you, I would have said you can find me in the club. Bottle full of <laughs> bud. Uh, no. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at... Uh, Spencer Tordoff, which is where I very occasionally post observations on the industry or things that I'm working on, and otherwise am not there, but you know, if you tweet at me there, I will see it. I'm here on the site, I'm working on uh, memory cards still, that is still a thing. Uh, Actually got a lot of really promising leads right now. Yay. And occasionally I stream with Nick uh, whenever, you know, the mood strikes us. We're probably not going to do Final Fantasy VI again, but we are going to 
try something else out. Yay. And also at twitch.tv slash buslords if you want to see me and a bunch of drunk assholes make fools of ourselves. If you're into that kind of voyeuristic nonsense, then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, more power to you. It's not associated with the site. It's this is just, not associated with the views and, and any slurs thrown out above are not part of Silicon Sasquatch, but it does sound quite amusing. <laughs> there we go. And for that and our other editors, we thank you very much. Please comment, like, listen, share it with your friends, give us feedback. Uh, if you've made it all the way through this, God bless you. We hope to hear you from you, or we hope to bring you another episode of the podcast again very soon. Thank you, and good night.